Welcome to Significance. Your host, Darren Kittleson, is an entrepreneur, business coach, professional speaker, and author. In this podcast, Darren embarks on a quest to tell the stories of people who made a difference in the world. It may have been a conscious decision, one of faith, or perhaps without even really thinking about it. Our guests have taken some action to help others in a way that left an impact. So for the next 20 to 30 minutes, Darren will share those stories with you. His intention is to spur you into positive action as well. Thanks for listening to Significance, the action of filling the space between the dash on our tombstone. So today I'm so excited because I have a chance to sit down and visit with an amazing young man whose story I heard just a week ago uh, in Cape Town, South Africa, at uh, the close of the Keller Williams Family Reunion in South Africa. And uh, Eric, uh, his story, you're going to find fascinating. So I'm glad you're listening. I'm, I'm loving that Eric's going to do this for us. And uh, so I just want to introduce Eric Spinnikoff. So welcome, Eric. Thank you very much, Darren, and thank you for having me. That's my pleasure. So uh, let's let's back it up a little bit. And, and when I heard this story, it was like you were the runner as the Spider-Man. Is that if do I remember that correctly? Yes, that's correct. So that's tell me a little bit about maybe what how this all began. Okay, my my son was born in 2015, and doctors were immediately concerned about his heart. And uh, we were sent from one doctor to a specialist, and after that. We had to wait another two and a half months to visit a uh, pediatric cardiologist. So right after he was born, yes. they told you this and you had to wait. Yes, exactly. Two and a half months before exactly. you, That had to be difficult. Yeah, especially because what made us as parents more anxious was the fact that my wife's uh, cousin was the youngest person in South Africa in 1980 to undergo open heart surgery. He was only a day old. Um, <sighs> So he passed away before we met. So I only heard the story after my son was born and going through through this. Um, so yeah, it was it was actually quite quite a, a tough uh, two and a half months. And your son's name? Uh, Leo Kevin. And, yeah. So uh, so after that time, then so you finally got the diagnosis and then the yes. treatment. Yeah. Um, actually, no treatment. So okay. we got actually the best news. It's, an, it's called an arterial septal defect, or basically a hole in the heart. It's, it was quite large, but um, the doctor said it should correct itself as he gets older, or they can correct it later in life, two or three years old, um, uh, through a procedure, but not nothing to be concerned about at that time. Yeah, that's easy for them to say, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> However, um, so their, their background or their knowledge have been that the heart in a child that age will sometimes correct itself or the hole will grow shut. Yes, exactly. And if it doesn't, then at age two or three, or they could go in and do yeah, surgery. But it's not open heart surgery, so it's just the procedure. I think they make one or two little, small little holes yeah. in seizures, but it's not it's not open heart surgery. So, so it's interesting because one of my best friends, his oldest son had the same thing. Yeah. And I remember when he had it, and he calls it his zipper. It's a little tiny scar yes, uh, yes. on his chest. Yeah. And, and, and and he's an amazing young man now from that. Yeah, right? yeah. Yet yeah. I remember when he was two he was two years old, I believe, when he had that yeah. they had to go in and do the yeah. surgery or yeah. the procedure. No, it's it's definitely very stressful yeah. for parents. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah. And so from that though, so tell me what, what, what came out of that. So I think about two months later I visited family in Cape Town and I actually stayed with them for two nights and um, this niece of mine, she's an occupational therapist. 
So obviously, as family do when they get together, is ask, how's your um, son, or you know. Sure. So obviously, I share the story. It's not something we we discussed open openly. So that's the first time she heard the story and and what we've been through for the last couple of months. So she told me the story about one of her patients, Elisa. Elisa was not even three years at that stage, mm -hmm. and she already had four open heart surgeries. But not only the open heart surgeries, she had other complications as a direct result of these massive heart operations. So she gets uh, epileptic fits. She also had a seizure, so she's uh, um, partially paralyzed on the one side of her little body. And also, um, these parents were struggling at the time. So, so financially I, struggling? I did not meet them. Yeah. Um, but when I came back to Pretoria, I thought to myself, wow, I'm so, we as parents are so fortunate that our son uh, has come off like, unlikely uh, and, and, and that he's actually quite healthy. There's nothing wrong with him. And I wish I can do something to make a difference. And again, I sort of put it at the back of my mind until probably another week or two later when I presented an offer to sellers, uh, actually purchasers, and they, when I went to their home for the second time, they had a little uh, cross with a date on it. And I asked this client, and it's not something that I would usually do, but mm -hmm. I asked this client, I'm really sorry, but what, what happened? And she said, no, they had a Down syndrome uh, child, and the child passed away at five months, but the cause of death was actually heart defect. And if you look into uh, kids born with Down syndrome, they very uh, or heart problems are very common in 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 those uh, children. So I immediately opened up completely to this client about my story, my yeah. son, my wife's uh, family history, and also this little girl in Cape Town. And this client asked me. But um, if I run and she was injured at the time and she had this entry and she said, I want you to take this entry and I want you to train for it, run it and raise awareness and, and funds for that little girl in, in Cape Town. So this was a, and the one thing that we haven't said yet is that you're an estate agent here in Pretoria, yes. South Africa. That's correct. And That's how long have you been doing that? Uh, since 2005. 2005. Yeah. Uh, you don't look like you're that old. So no, no, I started when I was like 19. I yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> started long ago. <laughs> and uh, and so in getting to know this this client, you asked that question. So one yeah. of the things that's I think always fascinating about what we do as estate agents is we do get to know so much about yes. a lot of our clients. For sure. And so if I heard sure. you correctly, so she shared that story and then she had registered for a race. No, she was already registered, but ah. injured at the time when I told her my situation. Um, I don't know how she thought like of it, and the, the race was a it's a trail run marathon. So and had, are you, I had basically two months to train for this trail running trail run marathon. And, and were you a runner before that? Not really, not in any sense. I've never done marathons. I've done ten kilometers here and okay. there, but no no running at all. And so this was a trail race. Yeah. Which means what? Uh, it's not on the road, so it's actually on like. 
through riverbeds, through over a little mountain. And where, was that here in Pretoria in South Africa? No, 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 it was also on a game farm. It was on a game farm uh, here yeah. in, in South Africa. Yeah, it's actually called the Big Five because there's actually the Big Five on this farm. So, so for you, the folks listening who maybe haven't had the, the great pleasure, because I've had a chance to do safari now here, the Big yeah, Five yeah. are where you would see... Lion, uh, elephant, buffalo... Uh, leopard and we're missing one what else are we missing lion uh, uh rhino yeah rhino you're rhino right. yes yeah so so you were doing this on this game farm which is really remote and probably pretty exactly. in the bush right so it's it? actually cater for international guests and if i remember correctly it's actually helicopters just to see the lions are so they are camped off i Think <laughs> so. They, as a runner, you're in this. They, they market is they actually market it that you run between the big five, but I doubt that you really run in these lines just lying um yeah. just a couple of meters from me. So I don't really. But it goes through your through your through your mind. And, but how many, and that was a full marathon. That, that was a full marathon, and that was, that was extremely extremely tough. Yeah. Well, I can't. Well, for most of us, we've never contemplated running a marathon yeah. at all. <laughs> and then you're doing it not on a, on roads, you're doing it on trails. Yeah. So you've got I, terrain. I remember got... I, I told my wife, I'll be, I think it will take me four hours. And yeah, I got, I got a surprise. It took me six hours. Six hours <laughs> to do. And what's the distance? It's 42 kilometers. 42 kilometers, or we'd say 26.2 yes, miles. Yes, exactly. Yeah, for, exactly. Uh, for the folks yeah. in the western side of the world. So two, two months to train. Yeah, yeah. You did it on behalf of the little girl in uh, Cape Town. That's great, little Elisa. Little Elisa. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and how much money did you raise? I have no idea. She had a, a fund at that stage, so they had other events um, also running at the same time. So I have no idea what exactly. So you dedicated it though to her, and and you yes. let the, the people in your world know that you were doing this. That's correct. And if they wanted to be part of it, they could donate money to Elisa into a Elisa's fund. Yeah. yeah, and then you went and ran the marathon. Yes, and uh, yeah, basically came back to Pretoria, and I sat down. Did lion? No, no, likely not. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually had a co- um, coffee with a friend of mine. I told him I'm trying to raise funds for this little girl, but. It's not like people are really asking you, why are you running? Because, I mean, there's a lot of people running. It's not to say you run for a cause or something. Sure. And um, he, he came up with the idea of running in a, in a Spider-Man suit. So the first suit I rented, and it took a lot of guts. So you did the, the trail run? And after that. And the big five uh, in a Spider-Man? No. Not that one. Not after that. that. Okay. After right. that. After that, yes. Okay. So uh, then I rented the suit and we hit the early morning peak hour traffic in the suit. So, so you're out training, running in the suit. In the suit. As a, spi- yeah. a Spider-Man. And I, I remember that first day, I thought to myself, man, what am I doing? <laughs> and uh, I just kept on telling myself, nobody can see who you are, nobody knows who you are. So it's like, an, You're in like convincing myself, <laughs> it doesn't matter, if this doesn't work out, it's fine. <laughs> and uh, we did it the second day and the third day. He actually ran with me. The friend who dressed, challenged you to do dressed that? Dressed normally. And oh, he didn't put a costume on. No, no, no. no. <laughs> and uh, yeah, after that, uh, it sort of spread like a wildfire, um, wildfire on social media. This yeah. crazy guy, what day did he last or, or why, what's happening? And 
and then the media um, also newspapers also caught up with the story and so we sort of kept it quiet for for a few days um sort of building People building momentum yeah that curiosity and then yeah. and then i came out and say well it's for this it's for this great cause and um, people ask me what's next, and that's when I committed to the Comrades Marathon. Okay. Now the the Comrades Marathon is the biggest ultra marathon in the world. It's 89, 90 kilometers. So 89 to 90 kilometers, which is really a double marathon, right? So uh, actually, a little bit more than a double marathon. So it's almost 60 miles. Yes. In uh, in miles, exactly. and it's from and so that run the the comrades is from where to where here. In South so Africa. I did the app comrades, and that's from Durban to Pietermaritzburg. So, so it changes Durban on the year. kind of the Indian Ocean side of the country. Yes. Uh, that distance. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so also okay. also in the suit. In the in the Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because you, you now are not just Eric. You're Eric what? Spiderkov. So so that's basically the community I come from, Pretoria. It's is mostly Afrikaans, and if you translate spider into Afrikaans, it's Spinnacle. Spinnacle. And so it's not it's not Spider Man. It's just spider, but in Afrikaans, Spinnacle. So that's basically. Now I got the nickname okay. through the community in the area. <laughs> so in the they area. named you based on, on social your media. training runs. Yes. That's that's amazing. So yeah. so you did the comrades. Yes. Uh, and how what what length of time are we talking about from when you did the the first run to this? Is it years? Is it? So it's it's a year. Okay. Um, what made it tough is they always say your first year is obviously you prone to injury because your body needs to adapt to all these distances. Yeah. And I had injuries. I had uh, ITB injuries on both sides of, of my knees. And um, so I was actually a bit under-trained going into the comrades. Okay. And they say you have to tr- do about 1,000, 1,200 kilometers that, that from January till the the start the, um, of the comrades and that's the training hours yeah so that's let's say five months you need to do about a thousand kilometers okay. take. so i think i went into comrades 750 kilometers so that's and kilometers it's during my month. first year of running basically yeah and they say to train it's 200 kilometers a month uh you yep. have to get to a thousand yes. that was five months yeah yeah. And and because you're running a business, you have a young family, yes, right, uh, and and you're successful in your business, and then you're training for the comrades. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the the comrades are I did it in eleven and a half hours. So, so an ultra um, marathon in eleven and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. These these people doing it a lot faster, but sure. I mean, me going into that race. But they're but probably not the fathers of young families. They're probably not running a, a state exactly. real estate practice. Yeah, Their exactly. focus is on training. And, and they're them. probably a lot more talentful as uh, than I am as well. I'm not sure if I'm that natural runner like is, a lot of people I see running or people from my running club. Is it are. talent or heart? I think both. Yeah. Art for ultra marathons or long distance is probably more uh, more the case. And I th- I think. We, we spoke about grit. You mentioned grit on the seminar, and, mm-hmm. and, and my topic was also, also sort of built around around grit. And you can't just go into a comrade uh, not being prepared. Right. And it's about waking up every morning early, going to train. Even, le- even leading into winter, you still have to wake up at the same time and go and run for an hour, hour and a half, or even two hours. 
So, so what had you keep doing that? I mean, was there something behind all of this that had you get out of bed and do that training when you didn't feel like so, it? So, um, besides the time when I was injured, I think um, obviously the cause, but also my face was in the newspaper. So, so a little I, accountability that way, because they, exactly, they knew what I you were doing. Make, uh, I have to make a success success out of this. So yeah, that way in a lot, obviously. So which is great. And yeah, then and then yeah. really you were doing it for awareness and for release. Yes, yes. So the Spider-Man suit worked really well because it's a um, I can I say it's a conversation starter. People sure. ask you're obviously doing it, but why are you doing it? And then also during that time training for uh, the comrades, I was also involved with an organization that uh, uh, prom- uh, promotes awareness around kids with heart defects. And that's when I first heard the story or followed this little girl on through social media. Her parents ran her own social media campaign called Hope for My 16th Birthday. Hope for My 16th Hope Birthday. Hope for My 16th Birthday. Yeah. And this little girl... She was... Uh, she was 15 years old this and she already had four heart surgeries yeah yeah. but this this is another um how can i say another story that forms basically part of my so story start showing, uh, oh, okay, yeah, okay. So because i'm i'm part of this um creating awareness and raising funds for elisa i was also um starting to notice other kids with heart defects and this girl ruby ballock um uh, call it organization or awareness campaign was hope for my 16th birthday and she uh, was in hospital waiting for a life-saving heart transplant so a, a full heart transplant yes yes and was she in cape town was she gets... i actually don't have an idea oh, okay. so i followed the story through social media sure. and she never made it to her 16th birthday mm. unfortunately and that's the first time that i really realized the need there is in south africa to create awareness around organ donation and um, just to put it in perspective in the USA like I mentioned on the seminar as well in the USA for, uh, um, what I've read on the on Google on the internet is about 45% are organ donors mm-hmm. in South Africa only 0.2% Wait a minute. so in the United States there's roughly half of the population has yes in the way we do it at least in uh, the state I live in I was going to show you uh, on our driver's license I actually license. saw it took a photo yeah, yeah so you know we we, we can say we're uh, we're we're volunteering to be an organ donor and it's right on yes. our driver's license or IDs yeah. so about 45 percent of uh, in the U.S. we've done that here it's less than one percent less than one percent is and um and you think that, why do you think that is so I don't think enough is really being being done I don't think if I mean if they implement something like that in South Africa, it will work. Most of the people I talk to will ask me why I'm doing this. If the all are willing to sign up as organ donors, but it's just a case of they don't don't know where to go to, how easy it is. Do so they have to go for medical they tests? Would. They just exactly. don't know how. I would say 100% of people that I talk to are willing to sign up as organ donors yeah it's simply a matter of where do i go to how does it work so it's about educating the public how easy it is to become an unregistered organ donor and obviously more important than that is or actually just as important is letting your family know this is my wishes i want to be an organ donor it's just just as important because uh, at the end of the day the decision still lies with them Mm -hmm. um 
and it's not simply about just being registered. Yeah, and what's interesting around that is that conversation with family because in that moment when that decision would need to be made for somebody, from an emotional perspective, I think everybody's natural reaction would be exactly. no. That's exactly what happens. So why would you even ask us yeah. this right now? That's that's exactly what happens. So yeah. that's why that is also very important. And that's part of um, of the comrades and, and and following Ruby's story, I decided, sure, um, if I take on something else, it, it will be to promote organ donation. And so you're this crazy guy running in a Spider-Man outfit, uh, training here in Pretoria, doing the comrades, and and in all of that, it sounds like this kind of found you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So the one thing basically led to the next thing. Yeah. And and even even now thinking back of where it started, um, just over three years ago, where it is now, and and actually the. After that first campaign running to Luderitz, the the um, the media attention that it got and and the amount of uh, awareness that was created, I it's still for me a bit mind-boggling. To think well, because that, you didn't set out to gain a lot of attention, yeah, right? Yeah. That wasn't what it was. It no. was just it was a series of thoughts and ideas that, yes. that really started gaining momentum. Exactly. And uh, and yet you still have to do the running. Yeah, yeah, but now I'm starting to enjoy it. In the beginning, I didn't. Now it's like sort of I love this. I love so you it. did the comrades. Yeah. And and you're gaining awareness for organ donation. Yes. And then what was next? So the idea was after Ruby's story, um, or after Ruby's death, I decided the next thing will be to promote organ donation, and the idea was born to run from Pretoria to Lidritz about a thousand miles or a thousand six hundred kilometers. So I want to make sure everyone hears that. So you got this idea from doing an ultra marathon and, you know, unfortunately with uh, Ruby uh, not getting an organ, a heart donation, right? So she died before she could get the donation to go a thousand miles from Pretoria to Luderitz in Namibia, which is in Namibia, which is the, the, which is the country on the Western coast of the continent. Yeah. Okay. And so let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so now this is all within about a two-year period, isn't it? If I heard you correctly, from uh, when you first just started. Just over two years. Just actually. over two years. Yeah, okay. Just over two years. Because when uh, at the day of our seminar, it was about three years that I first visited my. That's right. Okay. So, yeah. So we're just at, okay. So and again, you've got a, a real estate practice. Yeah. And a young family. Yes. Yes. And so you got this so, idea to run this thousand miles or sixteen hundred kilometers. Um, so the reason why 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 Luderitz because everybody asked me why Luderitz why not Cape Town because a lot of people have run the distance from Joburg to Cape Town or Pretoria to Cape Town or walked walk the, the distance. In uh, 2009, I did my yacht masters, and uh, a part of your yacht masters is doing a certain. Uh, um, uh, sea miles offshore. Okay. And we were actually supposed to sail from Cape Town to Luderitz, and for some reason our boat's license were were, were not um, registered or something, so we couldn't cross the border into Namibia. So we sailed up the east coast, not up the west coast. So my wife grew up in Langebon. I actually met her during the, that time. Langebon is a small little town on the west coast of. Uh, South Africa. Okay. And so my wife actually met me while 
loving adventure and being outdoors and when I first told her look uh, this is what I want to do so she said she'll support me so I've got a really a great um, wife well you couldn't have done this without amazing support no right? no no for sure yeah. for sure so I call her I'm, I'm maybe spinnacle but she's super super woman so and I actually think um I ran a I ran a uh, a marathon a day, but I actually think she did it at home as well with the kids. So oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so when when did you do, so let's talk about that uh, the the running then that you did. So yes. when did you? So I heard a little bit, and this is just for the listeners. I heard a little bit about your story yeah. of that because uh, you really started out with just the idea. Yeah, yeah. Didn't yeah. it? I mean, it wasn't like someone approached you and said, "We want to sponsor this. We think this is an awesome idea." No. You had to, you started from scratch with yeah. that, didn't and, you? And actually, we had nothing. We tried to obtain sponsors, but obviously, I'm not a guy with a track record. I'm not famous. I haven't done anything like this. No, you're you're, you're famous here for the runner in that <laughs> outfit. So so. <laughs> Obviously, going going to people and saying, "Well, this is the idea," thinking, "Oh, this guy ran one comrade. How's this guy going to run across South Africa and Namibia, crossing a desert, yeah, and ending up on the Atlantic coast?" Um, so yeah, that was that was tough. So we did not really have too much, and I actually had a, um, a support team, but they they literally said two weeks prior to the start date. Then we don't have support, we don't have cameras, so we're not in on it anymore. So the support team you'd lined up two weeks before the start of the rate of the run uh, said no. Yeah, yeah. So now you're two weeks out from when you're gonna start. Exactly. What did you have to do? So, um, my face again. It's been in the newspaper, so that weighed in so heavy on me that I literally couldn't even tell my wife. Mm. I'm taking on this thing, but I actually have nothing. Um, so it was it was tough. Um, I didn't even tell my parents anything. I just um, I just knew somehow it just needs to work out. Yeah. Even if I just have to take it day by day and see hopefully something will happen. And and a, a week, uh, ten days before the trip, that Wednesday, I sat with a friend of mine and I told him, yeah, um. I'm struggling. I, I don't have I don't have sponsors. I don't have a support crew. I've got nothing, but I've committed to do this thing. And and he made a phone call. Um, he made a second phone call. And the second phone call he made was Nomi Eckhart. And so Quibus, this friend of mine, he's a diving instructor, and he was the diving instructor for Nomi Eckhart. But Nomi is in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And, and Nomi is well known here in South Africa. Is that correct? He's um, yes, he, he actually he captained the under 19 um, South African rugby side in 2000, uh, in 1997. Okay. Head boy at his school, uh, played Craven Week rugby, which is a big thing in South Africa. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in 1997, in his matric year, his life completely uh, changed. Yeah. So he was uh, matric year would be the same as our senior. High that's school. correct. You lost. You lost. That's that's correct. And he had an, he got injured car accident and and he's paralyzed yeah so, yeah. so a friend of yours made that was the second phone call he made yeah. and he connected and, you with him and normie said so we had a brief conversation over the telephone and normie said i want to meet you 
so in south africa we have also have wheelchair rugby it's like wheelchair basketball yes yeah, have, yeah wheelchair basketball <laughs> it is rugby everything is rugby so <laughs> so he had a, a wheelchair rugby tournament at one of the large uh, universities here in pretoria i drove up there i met him in the parking lot i think we chatted maybe for 40 minutes or so and he said he's in that saturday the next saturday we set off on this trip i don't know this guy and and that week later a week later and that by itself is so significant because i don't know if i'm going to strangle this stranger after just a few days we always say if you want to get to know someone travel with them (laughs) yeah exactly that was like the ultimate commitment yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. (laughs) so um he, he had a helper, but it was the uh, Zimbabwe's election time. So this guy went back home to his family and never, never pitched up again. That said, that next Saturday when we when we took um, when we started this journey, it was just me and Tommy. So, so just the two of you. Just the two. And of you us. just met him a week before. Exactly. And his helper, because he's wheel, he's wheelchair bound, yeah. uh, went back to Zimbabwe. And they never came back. And never came back. Yeah. All right. So what's let, let's talk about dates. So what, what was the day that you started the the that, run? That's the fourth of August two thousand and eighteen. So the fourth of August two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Okay. And you set off on a Saturday. Yeah. And you you started running west. That's correct. So um, it's on the N fourteen basically. If yeah. one, if so one it's, a, to it's look a, at a one of the major highways That's that connects uh, the yeah, cities yeah. here in the, uh, South Africa. Yeah. Look, the the western part of South Africa is very sparsely sparsely um, populated, so it's not it's it's still single single track, but it's still quite busy, a lot yeah. of trucks and stuff. So yeah, so it's a major thoroughfare, and it's yeah. uh, two lane, basically one going in one direction, one That's going in the great. other. That's great. And then there's you in your uh, Spider Man costume. Yes. Running along the side of the road, and Norby um, in his wheelchair. No, so um, uh, Normie was the driver of the support vehicle. So he was behind you then or yes. on the highway, okay. But beforehand, he, he said to me, Eric, I don't just want to be your support. I want in on the action. And that's when he committed to do also do 100 miles in his rugby wheelchair or basketball wheelchair. Sure. It's the same thing. And uh, that was tough because now... You have, we have to leave the vehicle somewhere, hopefully get some farmers in the rural communities. Yeah, so if he's doing, he's going yeah. race with, or run with you, yeah. the vehicle's back so where you started. Logistically, that was really tough organizing that. So sometimes it happens for three or four days that he can't do his uh, mileage on the road. And then when there is an opportunity where maybe some of the farmers box him in on the road, um, so he can get his mileage. Then he has to um, he has to do extra. So I think the one day he did like 24 uh, kilometers. I don't know how many miles yeah. that is, but it's it's quite quite a lot. Yeah, so. probably 18 miles. Yeah, yeah, about 18 miles I think. Yeah. So so no, it was it was tough. And and also, I mean, he's my support, but I'm also his support. Sure. Uh, because there's a lot of stuff he can't do or a lot of places where we where we stopped at or slept that was not a wheelchair friendly. Sure. Um, so the accessibility was was quite difficult um, at at certain stages. Um, for him getting a proper shower or getting into an outer shower, that was probably the. I remember you showed us when I heard you uh, tell the story the first yeah. time a photo of that um, and what you had to 
he uh, create basically for him just the things we take for granted exactly that are, are more of a challenge when you're a lot of a lot of people think if you house of you or you guest house you hotel is on one level it's wheelchair friendly yeah but that's not the case i mean for him to get into and out of a ball a bathroom where there's a basin in the, in the way and a shower with, with a bit of a step yeah but elevated really really difficult so um so what I want to do is get a sense of timing from when you began. Uh, yep. When did you finish the race? How long did it take you? Uh, in it, in not a race. The well, yeah, it's for, for, it was 43 days. 43 days. Yeah. Uh, to complete it. That's uh, correct. It's uh, a th- roughly a thousand, thousand miles, miles. 1,600 kilometers. Yeah. Uh, with you and Norby. Am I saying his name right? Norby. Yes. Normie. That's that's um, great. And along the way. Uh, in those 43 days, you just had to rely on the people you encountered that could help you. Yeah, so that's, I think that's part of the beauty of the whole story. Um, we had accommodation booked prior or, you know, through social media networks. Somebody so you had a little knows bit someone. of a, kind of a... a I would say about 40%, but okay. it happened, I think, two or three times that it was quite late um, in the afternoon. We still didn't have, didn't have accommodation. So we were so just like extremely, to stay. yeah, extremely lucky that every time we were like really stressed and somebody stops and they heard the story over the radio or somehow and they, they offer accommodation. So wow. it worked out. In Namibia, obviously, it's a lot safer. So there we camped a couple of times along okay. alongside the road. Um, well, now, and I want to touch on this too because I think the people who listen to this, not all, most of them probably haven't had the the uh, the, the pleasure of being here in South Africa. Yeah. It is a, a beautiful country and wonderful country. Yet there are some issues with safety. So yeah, you, sure. where like if I was to go out uh, the western part of the U.S., I could do exactly what you described in Namibia. I could put a tent along the road and yeah, be okay. Yeah. But there were parts of this trip you couldn't do that. No, for sure. And saying that. I never really felt unsafe sure. and I, I had people warning me um, prior to getting into certain towns that I really have to be vigilant and be careful and and then I you sort of work yourself up oh I have to be careful I, sure. I have pepper spray and then I'm I'm putting on my mask so they don't see and they like more like want to ask what, what, because I didn't run with the mask the whole time so oh, okay. when I got so sometimes into, you weren't in the mask and other times yeah. you were when I got into town, so when you know you're coming past the school or something, then obviously you do the that children for the, the show. Yeah. Um, but um, I actually never felt unsafe throughout, through this whole journey. Never. So people are wonderful. They are. They yeah. are. And people from all walks of life. Um, so it is probably unsafe. I didn't ever feel it. We didn't encounter anything sure. strange throughout the trip. I just encountered good-hearted people yeah. throughout this journey. So uh, you finished 43 days later. Yes. Uh, and on, what on happened? The, on the JP, right next to the yacht club. So. Yeah, that you didn't get to go to years before because yes. of licensing of the yacht, and yeah. now you're there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, I don't know because we haven't talked about this. I'm a huge believer that things happen for a reason. Yeah. And they happen in their time. I, I totally agree. So this totally would be a great agree. example of that, I would think, yeah. based on what you've For shared. Sure. So For what's sure. happened since then? So it's one thing that I never um, bargained on while doing the trip or even beforehand is that I will fall in love with adventure. 
And so you weren't adventurous before that? I was, but I didn't think on the extent that it is now. Okay. So, I mean, this journey was incredibly tough and, and, and days that I couldn't run because of injury or fatigue. And now bearing in mind, walking 50 kilometers, give or take in a day, literally takes you the whole day. And sure. then there's people stopping photos and having a chat. And I'm like looking at my wife the whole time. I need to keep on walking. Yeah. I need to keep on moving. I can't just stand around. So, so now you're on the road 10, 11 so hours a day. So it was incredibly tough. But it made me hung, hungry for more. So my wife said, I'll support you, but one big adventure a year. So, oh, you're limited to one big adventure a year. Most people don't do a big adventure in their lifetime. Yeah. And so that's, that's awesome. You said how wonderful she is. So. Yeah, so that, that sort of become my big why. Got it. And uh, yeah, we're obviously planning the next trip. Or the next trip is actually upon us. It's in, now starting the 1st of August. So, so we're, we're having this conversation on June. Was it the 5th today? Or it must be the... Yeah, it's June 5th. I've yeah. lost track of yeah, time because yeah. I've been here for almost two two weeks. June 5th, 2019. Yeah. And the next big adventure is coming in August. The 1st of August. 1st of yes. August. And what is that going to be? Uh, again, about 1,700 kilometers, give or take. You're not going to double Just that over. number? You're not going to go 3,200 kilometers? Not yet. Not, not yet. But that's coming as well. We'll talk about not it yet, said, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so the 1st of August, we, we're flying back to Ludritz, starting where we end off the previous time. And we're running down to Cape Town and then Cape Gullis. And ending off Cape Gullis is the most southern part of Afri- of the African co- continent. Yes. And that's where we're planning to end. So you'll be running all the way down the western, uh, coming out of Namibia, all the way down the great. western coast of yes. uh, South Africa yeah. to the west, the southernmost point of the continent. That's great, yes. Yeah. And I think that promises some uh, extraordinary scenery and and footage i think it's quite it would be quite nice uh, for people to follow it and see how how it actually looks because and so do you post a blog or how do we follow you yeah so i've got a a facebook page called okay spinnacop s-p-i-n-n-e-k-o-p and and i'll post the link right below uh the posting for this podcast so anyone can go there yes yes if they didn't catch uh, the spelling and yeah, you know, the dream is, um, but we'll have to see about uh, signal and so on to do a live video feed on YouTube in the morning when we start and every evening when we when oh, we end. Awesome. So it's like reality. It's not yeah. it's not something that we're going to act. It's actually going to be the yeah, hardcore it's going to be adventure. Real form. life. It's real life. You'll see so. it all, as long as you've got connectivity. And yeah, that's yeah. on August first. That's great. Which uh, for my friends back in the U.S. Uh, Chicago time uh, to South Africa is seven hours behind. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you, when you begin on August first, most of us will still be in bed yeah, yeah, back in the yeah, states, yeah. and yet we'll be able to hop onto Facebook uh, with that page and follow you. Yes, got it. Definitely. And so you said that's the that's the next one. What's coming? What's the big one? So obviously. Um, aspiring to become an adventurer, we need to. Wait, aspiring to become, I, I think most of us would say you're you're an adventurer, <laughs> right? Because none of us, I can't imagine running uh, that I'll one follow. that distance once. I can't yeah. imagine doing the comrades like you did, and now uh, you know you've got this next yeah. one. So I'll, you are an adventurer. I follow a few 
hardcore adventurers and what I've done does not really compare to them yet. But obviously I'm aspiring yes. to that <laughs> to that point. So we want to do Route 66 in the United States. Yeah. And how many? What's the distance for Route 66? I think it's about 3,700, 3,800 kilometers. So that's that so doubling of what you're I don't know doing. what's that in miles. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah, it, thank you. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it. And so, when you, what's your target date for that for Route 66? Uh, we'll try and try and work that in uh, end of next year. So in 2020. Yeah. Uh, and so, one of the things just for uh, our listeners from uh, the Western Hemisphere and the northern part of the Western Hemisphere is that uh, when you do your runs now, it's in the spring of uh, your year of South Africa. That's that's correct. So yes. it's springtime. Yeah. And uh, most of us listening would say, well, it's fall, it's springtime that you're doing that. And so yeah. you want to do Route 66 uh, in the latter part of 2020, which would be the fall yeah. Uh, yeah. for us. That's great. And that'll take some coordination. Yeah, a lot. Um, a lot, actually. I think, too, it's going to take, um, I think it's going to take an opportunity for the United States to show uh, a South African that we can be as hospitable yeah, yeah, as yeah. Uh, the folks in South Africa and Namibia in your room. Yeah. Well, I've met a few Americans, so and I, I, I'm sure they will even surpass that. So I have no doubt of well, that. And that'll mind. be our challenge with that. <laughs> and so 2020, um, that's amazing. And then all the time underlying it all, though, is really to raise, raise awareness here in South Africa yes. for organ donation. That's great. Yes. Right. That's so that's great. that's underlying the message yeah. uh, with what you're doing as an adventurer. Yeah. Uh, and you know, one of the things you shared with me, and as we kind of wrap this up, because I, 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 I want to be mindful of your time, um, you shared with me that what what are the outcomes of everything you've done so far? Because you didn't set out on this to say this is what I want it to become, and yet it's, yeah. we're hearing these stories of what's turning out from this. Yeah, yeah. So so now it's sort of become this. Uh, I almost want to say it's two things that both carry equal weight the the cause and my passion for adventure but it didn't start off like that but i think going on a on a tough journey like that there's certain days that the one carries more weight and carries you through that day and on the other day it's more i, I almost want to say it's more selfish than than the cause and it, I, I, I sort of feel bad saying that but it's but, truthful though. Yeah, it's it's so tough and, and just thinking about yourself reaching that end destination carries you through. There's other days that the course carries a lot more weight and you think about, for example, Ruby's story or Elisa's story or whatever the case might be. Yeah. Um, I, I actually think you need both. You, you need to be able to do it for yourself as well because I, I'm not sure if the course is the only thing that will get you to reach your destination. Well, on certain days, the cause would be would wouldn't be enough to pull you forward yeah. or to pull you to yeah. get into to get into the costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When you're not feeling like it because you've traveled. You feel, it, it's exactly that. Some days you feel really miserable and yeah. getting into you. You actually feel like, why am I getting into this silly suit? Yeah. Um, but then, then obviously. How can I say people stop next to you and they know the story and they're telling you what great job you're doing and they sound up as organ donors because of the story and then that, that just motivates you to, to keep that, going. You know, I love that you shared that because I think sometimes someone looking at you or hearing your story would go, well, that's just great for him. Um, yeah. And he just must be something amazing because I, I know I'd have days where I wouldn't want to run. Yeah, yeah. You've had those, yeah, right? Yeah, and yet what sure. you've done though, you've found, uh, you found the pull to get you yeah. uh, moving. Yeah. 
And, and I would venture to guess that those days are much less than the days of why you're doing it for the cause. Exactly. And yet those, it's part of it. It's right exactly. recognizing that there's yeah. both. Yeah, and just, just to bring it back to the, the costume or the, the Spider-Man suit. So the tagline of the previous uh, event is, be a hero, become an organ donor. Be a hero, and, become and an I organ think donor. that's actually quite significant because this, the suit never had that attachment. And that also, and it, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, so um, everything just sort of happened, nothing was planned, and it just worked out so great. You know, and as you sh- I love that you share that too, because it wasn't like it was this master plan marketing event. No. You, said, you know what, if I start running in a Spider-Man outfit, it'll give me this, and it just yeah. it was all organic. Yeah. Yet underlying exactly. it all, though, and tell me if this is true, um, you, it was you having a certain level of awareness of wanting to do something based yeah. on what was being shared with you. Is that yeah. true? Uh, I think, uh, and I've, th- I've thought about this a lot, um, I, I think that awareness, so I think sometimes in life certain things happen and you can choose to uh, ignore it mm-hmm. or listen to it. And I think that's basically how everything happened. I listened to that voice, or yeah. um, I didn't ignore the um, the stuff that was given to me. Yeah, those were messages being sent. That to messages, you, they? exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and you could choose to ignore them, which I think a lot of us do, because and yeah. we could justify it. Where I'm, you know, I'm building a business. I've got a young family. I'm yeah, busy. Yeah. You know, that's my life now. Yes, yes. And yet you chose to listen and take yeah. action. Yeah. And it started out not planned at all, yeah. turned into what this is turning into. Yeah. And another thing you shared with me, and, and I, I love this, you said that your business is growing, your real estate sales yes. business is growing, That's and that right. wasn't the reason you did this. No, not at all. So what I've, what I've come to realize is people buy from people. Um, and my best business at this stage is people that has followed my story. So they they contact me, and when I first meet them, they want to give me a hug because it's sort of for them because they followed all the videos on the previous show. Yeah. It's sort of like they know me. Oh, sure. I don't know them. I feel almost a bit uncomfortable, <laughs> but they like chatting to me like they've been knowing me for years and years. Yeah. And because I they obviously saw a very intimate part of who I am through the um, social media and through the through, through the videos that we posted yeah. So, so yeah that's actually it's a um, I almost found that I don't have to work that hard in that case to get a mandate for example sure the mandate um, would be to get them to sign a listing agreement yeah uh, to yeah. list their property with you yes yeah but but saying that I never want to deviate from what the real Causey, so I don't want it. I, I don't want people to say, but it's becoming a business because yeah. it always needs to be pure. Why I'm doing it and where it started. It started from nothing. It started from you know from the story of my son and then work itself um, that way. So I always want it to. It should be pure because yeah. that's where it started. Well, and so and so to wrap that up because you you're you've got a. A mission statement or a tagline uh, for who you are. Yeah. And would you, you be willing to share that with us? You shared that with me before. What is that? It's your Eric. Um, estate agent, family man, adventurer, proud organ donor. So say that one more time. Estate agent, family man, adventurer, 
Proud organ donor. Proud organ donor, yeah. yeah. And so uh, what I'm going to do is I'll post links down below uh, for mm-hmm. people so they can follow you. Um, and, and, and I will say this, uh, if you know of or have a need for anything real estate related in Pretoria, yeah. Eric's the guy to reach out to because you just heard that he's an estate agent first, family man, yeah. adventurer, and proud organ donor. And what I love about this is they can all work together. That, and they do actually. Yeah. And I always say that family man is in the middle. So that will always stay the core of everything. Um, and I sort of want to build everything around it. Um, and yeah, like I say, people buy from people. So And I love working with people that sort of resonate with who I am as a person, love, loving outdoors and stuff. So, yeah. so no, it's, it, it does work. So. Well, Eric, i tell you what, I, I love that you're willing to share the story with us. Uh, we're going to watch you uh, this August uh, as you. you go from Luderstown to Cape Town and beyond, right, all the way down to the yeah. southern uh, tip of the continent. And then uh, as 2020 starts building, uh, we're going to do whatever we can to, to help you with that too. And unfortunately, Route 66 doesn't run near me. Oh, it does. I can. I drive not. I'll drive three hours and I'll be on your route. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when you go through Central Illinois, yes. which is a long, flat run. So the last thing I just want to maybe share, I should challenge you to maybe run. No, with you. no, no. no run <laughs> a day with you. Um, okay. <laughs> yes. So let's do this though, because uh, you had shared the story uh, when I heard you speak at first. You had a picture of. Uh, the road you ran, you said that doesn't look like it's very far. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's actually so. It's a picture of me looking, um, uh, or looking at the camera, but behind me is this road and this extremely long road. And because um, leading going to Ludwitz, there is like um, little mountainous areas. Um, so it's not like um, it's just flat and. Um, the natural curvature of the earth you can't see beyond i don't know what's yeah, it, 10 or 11 it horizon basically yeah. it just disappears yeah it's 10 or 11 kilometers but there because you um basically between two mountain ranges you can see extremely far and it's literally like seeing tomorrow and looking back seeing yesterday yeah because it's that distance and and you Actually, when you run it or you walk it or even drive it, you think, ah, 10, 11 kilometers. But it's not. It's like 50 kilometers that you can see ahead of you. So it does play with your mind thinking, yo, that's, I'm not even, I'm not making any yeah, distance. I've been running all this time and I'm not making any. It's like you almost wonder if it's, you're on a treadmill instead yeah, of being out of the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it was it was extremely tough. Did play with your mind. Uh, I'll tell you what, Eric. This has been just a pleasure. And thank um, you very much. I would say, you know, the mission of awareness around organ donation is not uh, only for South Africa. Yeah. Right. Even though the United States has got a much larger percentage, you know, we would say your job is not done until we probably have close to 100 percent. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't exactly. And actually, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, even with your high percentage in in the United States, there's still a shortage. Yes. Um, oh yeah, there are people waiting. So um, some of the European countries, I think, have adopted an, an opt-out uh, uh, process versus or an system. Opt-in. Yes, versus an opt-in. So I think um, you know that's actually what what governments needs to look at for for the future. Yeah. So this has been just a pleasure. I, uh, so we're going to post this, all the information. Probably get some photos from you down below uh, uh, on the on the podcast. And uh, if they want to stay in touch with you too, I'll, I will give them a link uh, so how they can reach out to you and support 
which is the other part. And that's what I would challenge the listeners to say. This is about not only hearing uh, great stories that inspire us, uh, it's also to say if I can be of help, that's what I'm going to challenge the listeners to do as well. And then I'm going to give some thought to joining the One Day Anniversary (laughs) next August. uh, And uh, and, uh, I'll give you an answer on that. I'll let everybody know. How's that? Perfect. All right. Thanks so much, Eric. What a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks, Darren. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and found the inspiration to make a difference in our world as well. You can subscribe to future podcasts by clicking the subscribe button on this episode's page. If you have an idea for a guest, please contact Darren at the email address you'll also find on the page. You've been listening to Significance, the action of filling the space between the dash on your tombstone.